I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource, Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. Jay, welcome back. What's up, man? The rain has finally stopped. It has dried up a little bit out here. It has. And we are back for another episode of Resource. It's and gray. You, what's that? It's gray. It is. It's still gray outside, but it's, it's not, not raining. It's not like we're like having to wear waders to work or anything like that. We're not, so. we're not rainy day realtors today. Uh-huh. Well, so you came in here pretty jazzed up, so I'm sure that you're excited to talk about something. What is it that you have on your mind right now? Well, I mean, as I said, as we sit here, it's Friday. You know, Fridays are a little special. Mm -hmm. Um, We just put our 31st, well, 30th and 31st house under contract this month as a team. An average of one a day for an entire month. Yeah, but that's not even work. I mean, dude, it's it's the 24th. I know. (laughs) It's the 24th, and there are like some weekends in there. Yeah. So, um yeah, I'm pretty jazzed. And, you know, I've got like little uh, afternoon caffeine going on, I think. I'm not usually a coffee drinker in the afternoon. I don't uh, I don't typically partake after lunch. Okay. But you know, it's Friday. Yeah. So why not? So you're feeling crazy today. <laughs> well, I was a little crazy this morning. You know, I'm always a little crazy in the mornings. And now I'm a little crazy in the afternoon because I had another cup of coffee. But yes, you're right. I'm a little on fire about something. And... It's, it's, I hope, I hope we don't find ourselves, um, offending anyone. Oh, no. Not on resource. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Um, but, but I, I can't help but feel like taking a little aim at the luxury real estate market right now. Okay. Just a little bit. Specifically, well, luxury brokers, of course. Okay. All luxury brokers? I mean, like, or? I'm not hating on people that own expensive homes. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> although, although sometimes, sometimes. No, I, I just, you know, we ha- we held a broker's open yesterday. Okay. Okay. You a were broker there. open house. Yep. I was. It was a fantastic house. house. Yeah. Fantastic house. So what was the square footage on it? 6,700 square feet. Yeah. Above ground. Yeah. So it was a bona fide, like, oh. old, old world mansion style. Yeah. 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 1840s era. Yeah. Um, Killer character, huge twelve foot ceilings. Has has an okay. Pronounce this word for me. Okay, A R M O I R E. Armoire, armoire. See, when I think about it, you went armoire. I would say armoire. Armoire, armoire. I would say armoire. Armoire. Yeah, I would probably stick the R on there if I was saying it in a sentence. I'm kind of a yeah. I'm I'm a little red. An armoire. (laughs) Armoire. Yeah. No, uh, a twelve foot armoire. Okay. House. Yeah. Oh, I saw that. That sucker was huge. I was wondering how they got it in and out of the house. I think I think it was built in place. Okay. But that's neither here nor there. That's wild. Okay, so luxury realtors. I mean, nothing against people that own expensive homes. Sometimes they have unrealistic expectations, but that's any per, any client of okay. any price point. Um, th- this home is amazing. Okay, my sellers are amazing. Uh, our team is amazing. The turnout was good. We had We had a lot of fun. And isn't that you do your best work when you have a little fun? So yeah. that, that's that's my opinion. But I can't help but think, leading up to going on this appointment, um, missing on a listing or two. 
you okay. know, don't miss much, but listing, missing on a listing or two in the similar price range. And so um, we don't need to necessarily say the price of this particular listing, but it's worth mentioning that this is definitely in the top, you know, a very small percentage of properties that sell in Louisville, right? Oh, extremely, extremely. I mean, dude, it's it's five times our median sales price. Right. So not talking specifics, but that, that's as detailed as I'll go. Um, very solidly within the confines of what we would consider luxury real estate. Yeah, okay? absolutely. Um, also, thankfully, um, and, and I'm very happy about the fact that it had tons of character, mm-hmm. uh, lots to sink your teeth into from a marketing standpoint, which is pretty much what we're going to talk. And you know me. I got to go back to marketing. <laughs> um, that'll be what we're talking about today with respect to the luxury real estate market. But yeah, I got, I got a lot. I got a lot that I can sink my teeth into with this property. And it, I couldn't help leading up to this appointment, missing on a few listings, uh, two luxury listings, two luxury listings I okay. missed on, um, leading into this, taking on this assignment um, and, and preparing to go to market, which we're, we're going to market full on on Monday with this property. Okay. And so I couldn't help but reflect on how I've been able to be successful in luxury real estate and what it's taken and the simple truths truths that exist that allow me to be successful in this way, shape, or form. Okay. So, and, and really, that's nothing more, Gabe, than luxury brokers in a lot of real estate markets around this country just being complacent. Okay. Resistant to change at best, at worst complacent. Okay. And not bringing a ton of value. You know, we're all about value. And it's like you said, if you've had success in luxury without calling yourself a luxury broker, I don't think we've ever marketed our team or our services as luxury services. So some of this sounds like it has to do with limiting your scope too much also. Well, that's part of the problem is because, you know, the problem is that there has to be some sort of identification Mm -hmm. that happens, you know, like the identification is the problem. Okay. That it's, it's a microcosm. It's, it's the broker being more important than the job. Right now we are blessed in real estate and nobody like pull back the curtain. Like I will tell you always and anytime Gabe that, we are very fortunate to be in an industry that allows us to sell ourselves while suiting our client. Right. Everything we do to suit our clients projects an image to the general public and what would be our next consumer. Okay. We're very yeah. fortunate. Okay. If you are a car salesman, you don't get to do that. Only the dealer gets to do that. Sure. Okay. If you're, you know, a department store salesperson. You don't get to do that. You don't have the platform. You can build a referral business in either one of those situations, but the act of doing your job does not promote you and your service to others. Right. Okay. Inherently, like a real estate professional does. I put a sign in your front yard, for God's sakes, Yeah. that your neighbors have to drive past. And if I have success, they have witnessed my sign every time they drove past your house. They saw it go up. They saw the cars parked out front. They saw people pulling flyers. They saw, you know, they saw the inspector's car in the driveway. And then they see me come out and slap a sold sign on it. 
And then they see the new family walking in. And they think, wow, Jay did his job. Yeah. Okay. You don't get that in any other sales. You really don't. And so we're very fortunate. But this this has gone too far. Okay. When you start believing your own hype, you've gone too far. Yeah. And that's unfortunately the disease that luxury real estate brokers have caught in a lot of markets. Now, I'm not going to paint with a broad, broad brush. You know, it's two broads, just one broad. Yeah. Um, because this is a bit of a broad characterization, but there are a lot of brokers in other parts of the country that are that that work luxury, and there's some here too that really do it right. So we're not necessarily saying you're making a mistake if you are exclusively working luxury real estate. There's probably some very successful luxury realtors out there that are you know would laugh at that and say, yeah, sure, whatever you say, I'm actually doing just fine. Oh yeah. But what we're talking about is maybe the person that is trying too hard to sell their luxury bona fides to potential sellers and say, you're not going to sell this home without somebody like me, with my connections, with my ability, with my this, that. The supernatural, like, big name. Luxury is my market. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to call out certain brands. Look, I have no qualms with someone with someone picking a niche yep. and pursuing it. Yeah, specialization is not the specialization problem. Specialization is not the problem, and luxury can be your specialty. That's fine. That's fantastic. That's fine. Okay, but be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Don't say that I, as the luxury practitioner, am a requisite to you selling this property. Me, me, what I am, my expensive car and my fancy clothes and my you know, rich buddies that I rub elbows with is what's going to get your house sold. And and supernaturally, if you don't hire me, like you're just going to have poor results. That's yeah. garbage. Okay? And too many people with too little substance rely upon something like that. Well, it's a perception game, right? So we talk a lot on the podcast about what sets agents apart, what actually makes agents successful, what what makes agents fail. And how many listing appointments have you been on where you are, you know, you're up against, like you said, we're not naming names, but agents from these luxury brands, these luxury broker houses, and you know that they're just as good as the average agent on the street. There's nothing special about them except for the brokerage that they chose. You know, they're not going to outwork you. You know that they didn't, they're not like in some elevated place because they do, they prospect every day or because they do this. It's just because they chose the brokerage that that looks the fanciest to a particular seller. Because in the seller's mind, when they see somebody that has this, drives up in this car and is wearing this suit and has the folder with all the luxury photos and the pamphlets and the this and the that, they're like, that's probably what we need. We have a luxury home, don't we? Well, that's probably what we need. When they don't realize they're missing out on someone that actually does the work. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, there's something. There's something. It's not just about, not just about hard work. It's about smart work. Yeah. I'm talking about lack of substance. Now, when you, ha- when, you, when you have a lack of substance, Gabe, you know, you end up more often than not not having hard work and not having smart work yeah. at the same time, right? It's hard to be substantive right. and, you know, not involve those two things. But so I'll give you examples. And maybe 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 this is, you know, kind of a a word association kind of situation, right? Like where, you know, basically you could say – like we laid to rest lots of marketing efforts the the, co- the the glossy coffee table magazine of luxury home pictures mm-hmm. with price tags where the houses are tiny mm-hmm. but the broker logo is massive yeah 
okay, in the glossy magazine that costs thousands and thousands of dollars that is really aimed at nothing other than the ego stroke that the seller gets when they had their their property in Lore magazine or yeah. whatever. You know what I'm saying? The 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 Rob report or the Wall Street Journal, blah, blah, blah. Like, I shouldn't I, I shouldn't have to tell you that if you know how to market, you know how to market. Okay? And and that's just period point blank. Like it's not about rubbing elbows. That can get results in good markets. Yeah. But these are the people that get exposed in bad markets. When these are the people that get out of real estate altogether when when a recession happens. Yeah. And they they like, die. what do they fall back on? I mean a lot of times I don't I mean they they're they're not posers. I mean they're typically well-to-do individuals, right? That don't have a terrible need. I mean again, I'm generalizing. I shouldn't generalize. I don't know what they fall back on. Yeah. That's the truth. I know a lot. I know a lot of people that don't need a career. Yeah. That make a lot of money in good real estate markets and just don't work. Yeah. In bad real estate markets, which good for them. Good for them. But don't be a poser. Right. That really bothers me. Mm-hmm. What's the success rate of a poser with the with the, all the looks but none of the substance? Well, it's I mean it's 100% in good markets. <laughs> I mean, like they know it works. Yeah. They know it works, and maybe it's sour grapes on my part because I put in the work, you know. But I can't help but be upset because the customer is the one that suffers. Yeah, like literally, like a good negotiator and a good marketer can make three to four percentage points difference, even in a good market. Well, now let's talk about three to four percentage points on a million dollars. Yeah. Like that's thirty grand, Gabe. That's 40, a big difference. Forty thousand dollars, thirty to forty thousand dollars, and you could say, well, the person with the million dollar house doesn't need that forty grand, but shit, who doesn't need forty grand? Yeah, who's gonna who's gonna wave it away? I nobody is. Well, here's the question. I'm glad you mentioned this because if I'm someone listening to resource right now, and you're telling me that I could be more valuable than my competition in a luxury market if I could just let a seller realize that they could be making maybe forty grand more by using someone that has the skills. What is what's the wisdom that you want to pass on to the resource listener today? Whether they are you know struggling to defeat their competition, they've got a lot of luxury brokers in their market, or they're in a market where they would consider a luxury market. Everything is high priced. What what's the way to stand out and to succeed? What are we trying to pass on? Okay, easy. Glad you asked that question the way you did. Okay, very direct answer. Don't pose. Don't try to be what you're not. Mm-hmm. Don't try to compete with a luxury broker at the luxury brokerage game. By buying a better car. <laughs> By buying a nicer car or look look your best. Sure. Put your best foot forward. Okay? But don't go in and pretend to be an expert at luxury at the game that they that they defined. The the brokers defined it. Yeah. Like the ones that that trade on nothing but name the ones that trade on all the pretty things, you know, all all the form over function, don't try to compete at the game of form. Yeah. Compete on function. Yeah. Okay? Be a contrarian. I don't know how many times I've said it. Be a contrarian. Okay. Very simplified. Do what they don't and do it well and let them know it. Let the client know. I don't do that. No, I'm not going to put your house. That's not what's in a glossy houses. magazine. 
Let me ask you something, Mr. Seller. Do you really think that sells homes? Be passionate. Yeah. Like, there's a good show. We talked about disc profiles. Luxury real estate, you're going to encounter more D personalities yeah. than, than you are at lower price points. Why do you think that is? Because high D personalities tend to earn more money than everyone else, than every other personality type. It's right. the truth. It's a fact. Yeah. I mean, the when we look at the disc profile, the types of careers that align with D are all yeah. of the top paying ones that you yeah, see. Yeah, all the top. It's doctors. It's lawyers. It's business owners. It's entrepreneurs. It's, you know, Ds. Yeah. Punch them in the face. Fig- figuratively <laughs> asterisk here. with with the facts no i'm not gonna do that no i'm gonna do what works yeah. let me let me ask you mr seller you're a business owner right 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 <laughs> like that dow drop you're a business owner right okay so and i guess that was a downswing not a whatever still um you're a business owner do you spend marketing dollars on things that don't work no no you don't why okay would I? yeah why would you no, you're trying to, your marketing dollar drives the results you're looking for, right? Fantastic. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend it on A, B, C, D, E, and F because I can prove to you that that's what drives results. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, Jay, well, well, then why don't you sell more luxury real estate? Sir, because I'm not trying to put all my eggs in the luxury basket. I take on one or two, maybe at a time, okay, and I get results. I can show you my track record. Yeah. Okay, but let me tell you something else. You're a business owner. So what you can probably understand is there's a whole lot more transactions to be done near the median of the market. Isn't that correct? Yes, it is. Fantastic. Mm. So that's where I'll do it. I'll do 300 a year at the median price point, and then I'll sneak up here and I'll do a million-dollar one every once in a while. Personally, I'll handle that one, just like I will for yours. Let me ask you this. Do you want a broker that has $10 million listings to look after and 10 sellers as demanding as you're going to be to pacify, or do you want one? One to one. One to one. Yeah. Now that's contrarian, Gabe. No kidding. And okay. when you even just sitting here, I mean, obviously this is hypothetical, but it's like if I if I were to hear that, that makes more sense to me, especially if I am a business owner or someone that even just fancies myself even slightly adept at any kind of business, that makes sense to me. What yeah. you're saying makes sense. What sets you apart, Mr. Seller, from the other Properties that, makes me think. What? Why was I even thinking this was a good idea in the first place? I never even realized. Well, they're they're look. They're going to consider that. Okay, they're going to consider the guy that does the business at the sure. price point regularly. The truth is, between us and them, like we're not a luxury broker. We're not a luxury broker. We do a lot more deals. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Okay, those guys don't beat us in sales volume. Nope. Okay, they don't beat us in sales volume because we do 10 times, we do 10 deals for every one that they do. Their average price point, well, it's not that much. It's probably five. But we're average 200,000. Mm-hmm. Okay, where more deals are present and you're more insulated against a downturning market than the, the one, the broker that does $1 million deal. Yeah. Now, I may spend more time doing it. That's fine, though. It's fine for me mm-hmm. because I'm, because I like to work. Yeah. Um, but, but it really, really irks me. It just really irks me that that the lack of substance tends to win. Mm-hmm. Okay, and now, that it doesn't the people everywhere. that want that want to separate themselves, that want to do it right, feel like they have to pretend to be something in order to just get in the door. Yeah, and and I don't. Yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I get in the door from persistence. Um, but that's but if you're breaking into luxury, okay, I would tell you to look the part more, but don't compete. Mm-hmm. On lack of substance. Don't make the contrast so sharp that you're fighting an uphill battle from the start, but no. also you don't have to pretend. 
No, Gabe. I mean, I want, I want, you know, one, two, three of these a year. Mm-hmm. It's like go, you said, they probably go. require more attention. They do, and it gives us opportunities. It gives us opportunities that we didn't have before. And if we do good, if we do a good job for these people, then it, it snowballs into something. But imagine, let me ask you this: Imagine if you could get to the point now. Okay, who doesn't want to sell a million dollar property? I mean, you you make the same commission you can make selling five of them, f- in five this five two hundred thousand dollar houses with yeah. one deal. But imagine if you could scale the million dollar because of good systems and processes, and you could actually prove and start taking share from the people, the brokers that handle these deals that don't have a lot of substance. Mm-hmm. That is what the kind of the kind of action I'm after. Yeah, and it, I'm glad you mentioned that too because once if you have these brokerages that are like in this pocket where they're doing luxury all the time, the less people that come up and try to take some of that share from them, the more complacent they're going to get. Absolutely. Their their competition dwindles away, and they don't have to try as hard. They walk in and they say, "This is this is the neighbor. This is our neighborhood. This is the neighborhood yeah. where we list houses. Who's going to come and try to take an appointment? Nobody even tries. No, it's absolutely so. There might right. be a lot of low hanging opportunity for you to convert because no one else has tried to go get it yet. Oh, guaranteed. Well, and and again, the hardest part is getting the audience. The hardest part is getting the audience with the seller because the truth is, most of those homes are going to get listed before somebody like a non-luxury broker is ever even going to get a shot. Yeah. You have to have an end, like, some kind of end. There is, you know, the one I just took was, was someone who paid attention and noticed that I sold a home like theirs before. Okay. That's a good right? feeling. <laughs> and and it, yeah. And it was, I mean, it was uh, another, it was a million dollar plus listing Yep, that was very unique, historical, et cetera. So it matches with this one. And, you know, they hired a big name in real estate prior okay. to me. Okay. And it didn't work out. And, you know, I've received some really good feedback from the sellers that, hey, you know, we wish we would have tried this a little sooner. Yeah. You know, basically, you know, we made the mistake of following the trend. Sometimes that can be the most powerful tool in your tool belt, too. Let somebody have a have a bad experience first. That's like a, the door being wide open for you. It gives you all the ways to show them, well, you did this in the beginning, right? And you noticed that this didn't work, correct? Okay. And you could see where me doing this would be different than that, right? And all of a sudden, it all yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Let me take this a different direction, though, real quick. You said something a minute ago that you'd recently missed on some listing appointments. After hearing all of this and after hearing your approach, it sounds, I mean, it sounds ironclad. So I want to know what happened on the ones you missed and if there's something that you think you would have changed that would have made it happen differently or were they special one-off scenarios? So what did I, lo- what, what did I do that lost? Yeah. And cause I know not all of that's in your control. I know there's not like one way to make sure you always win. That's not how this business works, but in retrospect, is there anything that you see that you wish you would have done different? Um, not really. No, it's an uphill battle. Yeah. I mean, it's it really is. Game. It really, it really is. Um, what was the na- what was the nature of the reason you lost? You think was it your competition or was it just the seller's disposition? Um, the se- the seller's disposition um, was, I mean, on one of them, it was it, she was a very uh, successful, um, you know, female business owner, and mm-hmm. she felt very passionately about working with a female agent. Okay, and um, she interviewed me. She gave me an interview. And she picked a she picked a female agent. Okay, that was so not much you can do about that. That was one of them. The other one. Um, yeah, when I asked you what would you change, I, I can understand why you probably didn't change anything. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> maybe not worth the investment. <laughs> touche, touche, Gabe. Um, yeah, the other one was an older fella um, and, and his wife, 
And they had the perception that our company, and it's pretty inexplicable, Gabe, like different people value different things. Sure. You could, you can give the same message. You can deliver the same message to, um, you know, a couple of different people and they take it completely differently. And so, um, you know, this person had the perception that our office was too small. Which our, I th- our physical? Our physical. No, not like our physical square oh, footage. Like our, like, uh, like our number of agents. Our, like, yeah. But we have over 40 agents here. So, like, I How mean, much certainly, bigger do you need? I mean, we, you know, and, and, and I explained that we're some of the most productive agents, both our team and our company. Mm-hmm. We're some of the most credible, qualified, and hungry agents. We could probably point to several hundred agent teams that don't do anything close to what we Abs- do. Absolutely. So, but what, uh, yeah, I mean, we could sit and speculate about why in their minds a hundred agent team was different than a 40 agent team, but it speaks to what you were saying. Sometimes it's things that are intangibles that there's not much you can do about, except for try your best to convince why their perceived fear is attached to something else. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. It's just, it's different. Like there's, there's no, there's no magic situation. Uh, There's no magic pill. There's no, no special bullet that you can like, you know, fire and, you know, make sure that, you know, you always convert. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's just not, and I don't understand, you know, why some people go the way they go. I can imagine that some of the, some of the agents that I'm talking about that have limited substance to their marketing plans and their procedures and policies and the way that they go about getting success and whatever their resume is. I mean, they're probably engaging individuals and, you know, what I would say about that is, you know, good for them. Like if it works, it works, but that's not ever going to be me. And I think I can, I can almost guarantee you that like on a strategic, like programmatic kind of basis, I'm going to be taking market share. Yeah. I'm just going to keep on taking it. I'm going to keep inching up that ladder. And next thing you know, Instead of doing a hundred, two hundred thousand dollar deals, we'll be doing a hundred, five hundred thousand dollar deals. There you go. And then we'll be doing a hundred million dollars. I mean, I don't know, Gabe, but what I'm, what I'm, what I can't, what I, I can't see a way where if you document and continually raise awareness as to your success level, that you will not inch up that price point ladder. It makes sense. And, and I may choose naturally to say, okay. I'm not going to go after a million. I'm going to stay at, I'm going to stay at 450 because of the volume of transactions that exist there. It's going to be more profitable than the few that are done at a million yeah. in this market. But I mean, who, who, you take what comes your way for sure. Well, yeah, you're not going to, you're not going to be offered a million dollar listing and say, nah, 450 is really my sweet spot. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it. Well, before we run out of time, what do you think? I mean, I think the big thing here, like we talked about market share, we talked about being contrarian. Those are the big takeaways. I think if there's one more thing that you wanted to leave somebody with that you, that you're really hoping to convey to the everyday agent, what do you think it would be? Okay. So I, I'm going to step away from that for a second. If you, and this, this works for both. Both the everyday agent and the luxury agent. Oh yeah, what are you? What do you? I want to speak say? to the luxury agent. Okay, I want to yeah. speak to the luxury agent that's not quite doing as well as they thought. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to ask you. I want to implore you to take a look at your methods. Okay, stop if you are, which I think some are very guilty of. Stop selling who you are, and start selling what you do. 
Mm. Okay? Stop selling who you are and start selling what you do. And I think that is the key for the luxury agent that wants some scale to really take off. I mean, it's easy, right, to buy a new car. Yeah. It's easy to wear a nice suit. Just costs money. Mm-hmm. Right? It's easy to align yourself with a luxury brokerage. It's easy to do all those things. What's not easy is to go out on a limb making an assertion that you can do something founded in like a plan and then actually executing that plan and standing accountable for its success. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Doing it. So, yeah. I mean, nobody said it was going to be easy. And if you want it to be easy, then you you can continue to do things the way you're doing. Yep. But the one that doesn't, the one that really, really gets it, the one that dares to be the contrarian is going to have the last laugh. Yeah. Okay. One more thing before I let you go. I am the luxury broker and I've seen the light now. I now see the error of my ways. I didn't even realize what I was doing wrong, but I repent and I'm ready to go and and show people what I do, not who I am. What's the first step? What's the first step back to really reaching reaching that that place? Not just the fancy suit, fancy car place. What's the first step I need to do to get back on track? To proving my worth. Um I think I think you need to really really look at how you go about getting success. Where you move the needle. I don't and I don't mean just getting the best listings. Like, I mean, can you imagine a world really gay? Cuz this is really kind of what we're talking about here. Imagine a world in which your work is done by just procuring the best listings. Like you're done. That would be great. Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, I got this great new listing. It's 1.2. It's blah, blah, blah. It's gorgeous. It's this, it's that. It's in the hottest new neighborhood. It's the best builder. It was blah, blah, blah. My work's done. Oh, wait. I I forgot. I got to pay the photographer. Yeah. You know? I mean, come on. Think about how you move the needle. You. And if you can't find a way that you move the needle... You gotta find you, you gotta find something. You gotta find your own niche. You gotta be creative. You gotta because do like things. you said, the first time a downturn comes around, the second the market starts to slip Exposed. away. Exposed. What are you gonna sell? What are Nothing. you gonna have to sell? Nothing. Your suits won't mean a lot to the only people who could sell. And and I and I, I really don't mean to be so critical, Gabe, but I mean, look, I will be the first to admit the market is kind to us right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, we're in a good spot. I mean, I just sold a house in twelve hours for seven thousand over list price with five offers like yep. this afternoon. And it was like, ho-hum. Yep. Like, like it's not even like that. It happened. It's like, ho-hum. It happened again. Yeah. That's kind of normal. Like, you know, and I was, I was literally telling my seller before we jumped on to record today, the reason why he hires me in this situation is not that I got him 7,000 over list. It's that I got him 3000 more than they offered originally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, because I was able to negotiate two offers against one another. Okay, get contingencies dropped, prices raised, and terms solidified like that. And moral of the story, that's what you brought to the table. That's what I brought to the table. In this case, and you know, I you know, I always say this, Gabe. First you hired me to be a marketer, second you hired me to be a negotiator. Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't have to be much of a marketer in this one. The okay? market did your market. The market did the market did the work for me, but I still moved the needle. 
Now, there may be some of those agents out there that have no marketing substance are still good negotiators. I'm sure they're on top for a reason. Whatever. But I guess me and my allergy to complacency just is asking for you to think about how you move the needle. Yeah. And if you don't, if, it, if that's not readily apparent, then you better figure it out. <laughs> because, because winter is coming and, uh, you, yeah. and you will get exposed. Good callback to the early days of Resource Center. There you go. Yep. Well, that's all the time we've got for today, folks. If you have any questions or if you if you have a different per, if you have a different perspective on this issue, we, we realize we might have some listeners that feel you know slightly called out here. But if there's something that you think that we missed, feel free to get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Uh, but until next time, I'm Gabe Pruitt. This is Jay Pitts, and you're listening to Resource Real Talk about real estate. See you, folks. <laughs>